0: This episode of Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operando Brewing. Based in Montevideo, Sydney's northern beaches, one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out online or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, round four had to be one of the closest rounds we've seen in many, many years. We had two fantastic derbies, two awesome games out in the regions, out in the bush, and two huge upsets uh, from our western city side. So looking forward to talking all of the action. Uh, with Andrew Swain from Stand Sport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round four review. What a round it was. Um, Pleased to be walking back to the show, Andrew Swain this week. Swainy, welcome back, mate.
1: Oh, thanks for having me back, boys. Sorry, last week just got away from me with Super Round preparations underway. Normally, we produce about two or three games a week in a weekend, and we had to do uh, seven. One of them was cancelled. Yes, um, but uh, it was yeah fairly fairly <laughs> busy,
0: mate. Very busy man, and, and uh, mate, I got to check out Clubland today, mate. So. Uh all happening uh plenty of content you've got to get through on, on the on the on the weekend uh, with all the footy that's happening and casho mate you uh have a good weekend yourself get out there and watch some footy
2: yeah certainly did i uh i i, I got the bum a bit wet uh on the hill there at uh, the northern end at uh, at rat park and uh managed to sit quite closely to uh to benny ma who was uh uh singing the national anthem and really getting into the feeling of the uh the old Rats Manly Derby. So great uh, Great afternoon for everyone concerned. Probably As you probably know, Burger, there were, I reckon, close to 7,000 people there. So it was a, a, a good advertisement for Shoot Shield Rugby.
0: Yes, mate. The hype was still okay, wasn't it? We were a bit worried last week. You obviously asked me the question whether the uh, beaches faithful would turn out, and they certainly did. It's a good thing you weren't at the southern end, mate, because you might have seen a former Manly president rather obnoxiously on the hill Uh smarting his side's victory towards the end of the game. So apologies to uh, anyone that's in an earshot of me. I was a petulant child up there celebrating. Um, But, you know, uh, every win's a good win up there at Rat Park. Someone, uh, you know, a couple of former Ringer heavyweights, she would say, uh, told me I was lacking humility. Uh, So I don't know. What do you reckon, Swaney? They call it bragging rights for a reason, don't they?
1: Well, I was going to say, humility goes out the window in Derby Day, doesn't it? Of course like,
0: it does. Of it, course it goes it does. out the
1: window, but then, you know, maybe when the dust settles yeah. and everyone uh, can have a drink afterwards. Uh, give give you, us a minute. Give yeah, us a you minute. Just, you've just got to enjoy the victory. Put it that yeah. way. Okay. I, I would yeah. say that that's, a, that's play on.
0: Look, maybe it was the sun, maybe it was a rapid rate of uh, cold beer on the hill, but uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was a cracking day, and that set the tone for all the games on the weekend. I cannot remember a competitive round as we saw on the weekend. We had two cracking uh, derbies in Manly and Ringer and East and Ramick. We had the two games uh, out in the bush, which were fantastic, and we had two huge upsets uh, from, from Western Sydney teams, so... It was uh, it was a, a round to remember, wasn't it, Kesha?
2: Oh, it certainly was, uh, Birch. I'm, I'm just looking through the list of the the games here, the rugby news list, and uh, the only one that really went the script, if if you look at it closely, was probably that Sydney Unit Hunter Wildfires game. All the rest probably considered to be to be shock upsets. You know, the 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 manly game up at Warringah. East pipping Ramick at uh Bowl, mm. Western Sydney getting their first win of the year uh, against Gordon at uh, the Eric, and Eastwood pipping North 34-33, thirty-three, four minutes after the uh, up, up, after time had elapsed up there at Kara, and then uh, mm. West Harbour showing some good form against Suther's.
0: Yeah, no, uh, no longer do we have any undefeated teams with Norse loss, obviously. So everyone's at least dropped a game, uh, which sets things up really nicely um, and as you said just just such a really even comp just a quick comment on um, super round Swanee, how was how did everything get underway obviously we caught plenty of the games uh has got a you know a bit of a reality check in taking in some Kirby opposition on the weekend but uh, it was nice to see the brumbies register a win
1: yeah and look i think that super round's worth persevering with i, I like there was a, there's been a bit of negative press around it and how it didn't attract mm. crowds and things like that, um, you know, I understand that, uh, but I do think that with a bit of work from the promoters um, to to you know add a little bit more um, of that magic fairy dust around the games rather than just the just the rugby, I think you you might find it it could become a really good destination uh, event. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I, uh, I thought the the wallet oh, sorry not the Wallabies all the Aussie teams were really uh, competitive. Uh, I mean, the Reds led 17-0. Uh, I, I felt sorry for the Waratahs, you know. They had a red card and lost parecchi, mm. um within the first three minutes. So, there's two front rowers gone. You, you're yep. pretty well. You can't really win games in that those sort of circumstances. Yep. So, it it was a uh, – and then the Brumbies got the win, um, you know, yep. which was great against the Highlanders. So, look, all in all, worth persevering with, I reckon, and um, – you know, it was great to reignite those trans-Tasman rivalries and, and also, um, you know, comradeships off the field as well. We had Justin Marshall and Mills Mulyaino over here with Tony Johnson as well helping us call the games. And, and then they threw in the uh, the Super W Grand Final as well, which was probably one of the games of the weekend. Um, yeah, so that was, that was a great result as well.
2: And, boys, one of the things I think we should really consider with this Super Round is the fact that it was probably scheduled for round two of the competition and, and that's uh, that, that's a time when there's no NRL, there's no AFL and I think it would have worked a lot better. Obviously, the pandemic played a role in this, of forcing it to this, uh, this ANZAC weekend and I think that probably took away a, a, a wee bit from the momentum that you probably would have got having it very early in the season. So... Got to agree with you there, Swati. There, there was some great stuff over, over the weekend, and as a as a footy spectacle, I, I, I thought it worked uh, really well. the un, The only thing was uh, was probably the timing, and and uh, that was taken out of the uh, the hands of the uh, competition organisers.
1: Yeah, it's a really mm. good point, Casho. Well, that that is that is absolutely spot on. The you know the fact that it was meant to be round two, and there was there would have been no other competition for eyeballs. Um, and you probably would have had those casual fans who ended up going to the G or back to Amy Park on the Monday night. Um, you probably would have had those, those casual fans roll up across the weekend.
0: Yeah, I, uh, it was good to see some head-to-head clashes. I thought Jack Gordon stood out really well in, in a losing side for the Waratahs. Obviously, he's back to full fitness because he was streaking away for, for a couple of those five-pointers. Um, yeah. I was looking forward to seeing Fraser McWright go head-to-head with Sam Kane this weekend because McWright's form has been sensational. Obviously, Hooper's just sort of working his way back in there, but uh, there's plenty of questions being asked around the rugby circles. Maybe uh, people in the Reds camp want to see McWright get his, get a real crack at that number seven spot, but it's I think we've talked about this in previous seasons. It's just so hard usurping uh, Michael Hooper, isn't it, uh, Sweeney?
1: Yeah, and, and look, Georgina Robinson, wrote the the line is – Fraser McWright, the next Michael Hooper or Liam Gill, or sorry, David mm. Pocock or Liam Gill, I think she might have said, um, you know that, uh, which is which is sort of alluding to the fact that you know Poe went on with it and was a you know hundred test wallaby or you know there or thereabouts, and Liam Gill, who could have been a brilliant player, went offshore and he is a brilliant player, but he mm. plays his trade overseas. I don't want to see that. I want to. They've got to find a way to. Squeeze them both into the twenty three, because uh, you know Fraser McCride is doing stuff right now that no other player is doing in Southern Hemisphere rugby or in you know at least in in Super Rugby. Um, so yeah, I, I yeah, and, and he did that. He competed against uh, the Hurricanes so well the other night, uh, mm-hmm. really stood out. Um, you know against guys like Artie Severe. So it's a uh, yeah, it's a really interesting conundrum and. Yeah, you know, I think Wayne Smith wrote it. He said, "Do you back, do you back the horse of Michael Hooper right now, and, and risk losing Fraser McRae, or do you do you cash your chips in and um and try and get get Fraser across the line?" Really yeah. interesting times.
0: It's very interesting. There's a there's an outside chance, or very outside chance, but there was a, a story during the round today about a potential bolter for the England uh, tour cash show, and that's one Geordie Reid, the former Manly breakaway, who's turning heads for Gloucester.
2: Yeah, and uh, listen, I'd, I'd imagine he'd still have the dreads happening, and he does hasn't uh,
0: he, had a haircut since year eleven, apparently. Uh,
2: he's he's obviously uh, tonguing for a bit of a surf too. I I, I would imagine so. You know, that's uh, that's incentive enough to uh, to get yourself uh, on on a uh, on on an England tour here in uh, in, in July because uh, you know June and July on the northern beaches, it's uh, you know that's when the swells come and. Uh, the water's generally not that cold anyway, so <laughs> let's uh, let's hope he really uh, makes his mark. So Eddie's uh, Eddie's obviously throwing out a few uh, a few uh, incentives to people to uh, to aim up and listen. If Geordie Geordie uh, uh, makes the cut, that'll be fantastic. He's, uh, he's he can obviously play seven, he can play six as well, and I think at Manly at different times he probably played eight as well, didn't he?
0: Yeah, plenty of times. He's uh, he's certainly a big, burly bloke. He's the broadest shoulders you've ever seen. And look, I hope, I hope it does happen for him. Obviously, he's going well. You could not meet a nicer bloke. He's just so down to earth. Uh, what you see is what you get. So, um, you know, I think it was one of those good news stories. Whether, whether it sort of kicks on will obviously be up to him and how he goes. Obviously, Eddie Jones might want to try a few new things this year before they head into a World Cup year. So uh, we watch uh, with eager eyes on that front and indeed all the international rugby to come. Let's jump into this awesome round of shoot-short action. We'll have to start there at, at Rat Park. Uh, Ringer 17, Manly 19, huge derby win for the Marlins. Um, I probably – I was going to put a little – I mean, I, I don't I – I'm not a bet better, um, but I was going to fancy a cheeky wager on the Marlins if it was wet. Uh, it didn't end up being wet. It was a dry paddock. I just thought Ringer's backs might give us um, a bit too much to contend with. Rat sort of raced away with a lead – um, they were sort of leading in the halftime at seventeen to five. I thought Connor Hickey was playing really well. Interestingly, he was subbed, which looked tactical, um, and sort of went away from the way they were playing. Manly sort of sort of grinded their way back in, but just sort of a lot of momentum swings back and forward. The matchup between Seb Weilman and Young Nick Ben was worth the price of admission. It was fantastic. Weilman laying on a try, Nick Ben and his own. Uh, they were absolutely hammering each other. Nick Ben's a really exciting prospect. Um, he doesn't look like much, young, sort of blonde-haired outside centre, first, second year in grade, but was still eligible for Colts last year. He, he had a fantastic game. And as I've said for a couple of weeks now, uh, with Langie Gleeson running around for Manly, um, he's a problem because he just bustled his way over the line from 22 out. Actually, I don't know if you guys have seen the tries, Swanee, but it was, uh, it was one hell of a try to ice the, uh, ice the Bayfield Cup.
1: Oh, it was, wasn't it? It was, yeah, one hell of a try. Um, you know, he... He's such a hard man to bring down, Langie Gleeson, and uh, to, to perform that act at that time of the game with it in the balance uh, just shows the class of the man. So, uh, yeah, great result. I love the niggle. So I don't know if you blokes saw um, sort of midway through the game, it was about just, just a couple of minutes before halftime, Will Clift had his headgear ripped off. Uh, he lost it on the ground, and... Um, and it sat on the ground for a couple of minutes, and one James Cecil Hildebrand runs over and puts it on and wears it for the rest of the first half. Pest, that's Um, outstanding. So that's that's good niggle in my mind. Uh, I saw
0: saw him putting it on, and I thought he must have cut his eye or something. I've never seen him in headgear in my life, but now you've explained it, that is just so typical, Cecil.
1: (laughs) It's another shoelace gate. It's headgear gate. Um, but uh, yeah, like this is this is what we love about this theater of, of the Battle of the Beaches. It, it always mm-hmm. brings a, a extra little talking points other than the result.
0: Yeah, it does. That um, Charles McKill made a fantastic tackle on Hunter Ward down the sideline, we thought Hunter was sort of in for all money, and uh, it was a fantastic tackle. But it just sort of summed up the game. There was, there was nothing in it, but at the end of the day, Casho, it's it's a big win for the Marlins.
2: Yeah, yeah, it uh, it brings them up there, equal uh, with uh, with North and uh, Uni on uh, on seventeen points. Uh, not a bad start to the season. While we're talking about defence, uh, you mentioned the Charlie Mckill tackle that uh, that snuffed out that try, but. A guy you just mentioned a bit earlier, Nick Ben, the outside centre, put on a fantastic shot on uh, mm. on the uh, the winger, uh, outside centre, Seb Wildman, that uh, sort of coughed the ball up, and then after that it was just a matter of playing out time, and uh, the old uh, the old Marlins uh, got over the line. But uh, listening, it, it was a fantastic day there. Uh, the uh, the the Anzac Day ceremony was uh, was poignant and uh, very well run. Uh, there was uh, plenty of good beer there. Pl- plenty of good people were uh, sort of hanging around, and o- overall, you sort of you walked away from there thinking, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna head back there uh, again very soon." So it uh, it was a it was a good day for Shoot uh, Chil.
0: It was a fantastic day. I care what you said. It was really well run. I thought it had a great atmosphere, and the um, Ringa committee did an awesome job. And what is a stressful day for anyone involved in either of those clubs? Because catering for seven to ten thousand people is Something there's, we're not always used to, but um, well done to the Rats on, on putting on an awesome day in the Marlins for their victory. We'll move on. Um, big result for West Harbour. West Harbour 35 of down Southern District's 15. Um, I've noted the return of one Afa Pakalani, Kasho. Scored the first try for, for the Pirates against his old club.
2: Yeah, he, he, was, um, he was about for, for parts of last season. He, uh, he came back, uh, finished up playing in France and he, he came back towards the back end of the season and played a couple of games. I think he might have had a, a bit of a few leg problems uh, along the way but uh, scored, I think, the opening uh, try of, of that game. But uh, the way it sort of uh, went in the end with, uh, with West, it was, uh, it was uh, quite a good performance from them. Carlo Tusano was uh, was 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 also prominent, mm. and uh, the West Scrum worked very very well. Uh, Souths are uh, probably probably hitting a bit of a uh, an injury dip at the moment. They've uh, they've lost a couple of uh, their first grade props. Connor Young, I noticed in the background of the uh, the the in in the Reds rooms up in uh, up in Brisbane uh, last mm. weekend. That, that's a huge uh, huge loss for uh, for them. And uh, Blake Scoops. Uh, uh, out, uh, for, 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 a couple of weeks, I think, uh, with, uh, with some form of leg injury, I think. But, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of work to do for Souths and, uh, Wests seem to be, uh, seem to be coming to some sort of form. I, I, I spoke to Joe Barricat before the game on, uh, last Friday and he was saying that, uh, they could well be back at Concord Oval sometime in July. So that's, uh, that's good well. news and he backed it up with a good win.
0: Yeah, that's really exciting. As you say, it was it was a slow sort of uh, first half. West sort of nudging head seven five. Uh, Carlo Azano, as you said, was just involved in everything. A real menace uh, for the Rebels. Uh, Fu at twelve, I thought, had a really good game. And that man Kagiasis had to score a try, didn't he, Swaney?
1: Oh, yeah, he can't he can't not score a try at the moment. Christian Kagiasis, he's uh, he is a machine uh, when it comes to try scoring. You know, I I was I was really impressed with West Harbour. I spoke mm. to Sean Hedger a couple of weeks ago when they played uni and, you know, they, they pushed uni across the grades and um, I think they won ones, twos and threes uh, on the weekend at, against Souths. So, you know, Joe Barakat, spoken Joe and and Tom Games as well, who I think is the president potentially, um, yep. you know, they've got that club
0: just going in the right direction at the moment. Mm, well, interestingly, I had a look at the club championship ladder and Souths are on the bottom, which is probably unfamiliar territory for them, but I guess it's also showing that um, we are now got clubs that have maybe been down there uh, that are a bit more competitive. Uh, one club that we've obviously been hoping uh, this season would really turn a corner with all that's been happening uh, with their new stadium is Western Sydney, and they have had a huge win, one of the uh, biggest wins uh, in the Shoot Shield for some years, uh, Western Sydney 25 over the last premiers of the competition, Gordon fifteen. I'm right in saying that. Have we finished comps since Gordon won it? I don't think we have, have we? Correct me if I'm wrong.
2: I think it's like um, it's it's like the hard quiz guy uh, and and the goal logie. I think he's the the reigning premier, isn't he? <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. But um, it was uh, it was a good game. Uh, I think it was their first win in cash show in over some 500 days.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, John guy. Getty's reported on uh, rugby news today that uh, 595 days since yes. their their last victory in, in first grade. So, listen, I I, I certainly hope that they uh, they uh, they celebrated on uh, on 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 Saturday night because uh, yeah, it's it's a significant step for the club. Uh, the first month or so of the season has been. It's obviously, uh it's, it's been a getting to know your time, and I think they're they're finally sort of coming together. Tevita Ferner, uh, obviously, did some uh, some really good stuff there, and I yep. think one one of the great things that, uh, about what they're doing there is the emphasis on uh, and, and using that uh, Eric Tweedale Stadium to the to the absolute fullest. And I think uh, uh, they're they're another club like uh, like West who are who are filling out those grades. Really, really well. I, I, I look at the uh, the announced team list just about every week and uh, 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 West are, uh, are filling in one to four and three Colts and the same's going for uh, for, for the two Blues. So mm-hmm. well done to them. Uh, the, the next step's obviously the hard one. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how they land in the, in the very near future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know they also picked up a few grades uh, through the day against Gordon. I think they might have won three out of the four. Um, in grade. As you said, uh, Tevita Funa uh, was fantastic. He burnt the Gordon outside backs for the first try. Uh, rocker Suka, I thought, was really good for the uh, two Blues, the number five. He was absolutely everywhere. Gordon would probably rue their game management around that sort of 60 to 70 mark, and uh, McDonald had a probably not his normal day with the boot there, Swaney, so kind of always kept the door open for Western Sydney, and they took full advantage.
1: Yeah, it, it felt like nothing really went right for Gordon on the day, no. but you, you've got to give full credit to the two blues don't you so Lacy tongueyfu bow is a very impressive young coach we, we had him on clubland uh, on Stan sport if you get a chance to watch it um, have a listen to him you know he, he's he, he has full belief in the squad that he's assembled um, and they've been building you're right from from round uh, or from the preseason casho, and, and you know they, they lost by a point in round one they they pushed the hunter wildfires. Till late in round two, and then in round three uh, against Easts, you know it was only the last ten minutes really that Easts kicked away. So, mm. um, you know, to get that win, I don't think it's an accident. And um, you know, the other thing that's not an accident is uh, Silosi's coaching ability, given the time that he spent with Darren Coleman, and sure. um, and that's I think a, a really interesting point in all of this because. I know that DC and Silosi told us on the show that they stay in regular contact. He mentors Silosi um, and uh, and I think that, you know, the having the Waratahs coach with a vested interest in Western Sydney as well is extremely important. Um, and and it's, this is not just lip service anymore. This is actually a real connection uh, and that's where we're seeing DC's value at a super rugby level. and. And the connections that he's made with uh, the, the local coaches out west, and uh, so yeah, I, I think this is uh, only going to get uh, better for Western Sydney. And um, you know, congratulations to everyone who's involved in this. Um, you know, tough luck to Gordon, but this is a this is a really good result for rugby.
2: Boys, one what, what of the things with the the hopefully the uh, the rise of the two blues is that. Uh, You'd probably say over the past couple of years, they probably have been resistance to reaching out and asking people for help. And I think that has been turned around completely. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you say, they're getting a lot of help from uh, uh, from uh, the likes of Darren Coleman. I know Phil Parsons uh, has, uh, has, has helped in a lot of the setting up the administration of the club there. And I think they're just coming along sort of quite nicely. So... You know, one of the things of, about improving as, as a footy club, as a footy player, is to realise that you, you do need to reach out and, and ask for help and uh, this, is, this is what happens.
0: So you blokes are telling me that Darren Coleman was the architect of the uh, famous victory over his former club. That'll Billy Absol- Murrows would be delighted
1: to hear that. Absolutely not. But what I am saying is that he's taking a vested interest in it, and For sure, I know. And, and also, and Silosi is a is a great young coach. Um, he's a great but,
0: young coach. He's had, a, he's had a significant international career himself. So yeah. I think, as we know, um, being a great player and being a, diff- a great coach are different things. So as you say, it's great to see. I know um, Darren has regular contact with a lot of the shoot-shoot coaches he got along with and some are in his staff. So he he has got that about him. And as you say, it's, it's sharing. I think it goes back to sort of sharing the IP, which the Kiwis have always been so good at. They don't seem to put up any barriers between sides. I think the more sides that are competitive, the more sides that are well coached, um, the better for the game. And, you know, on the end of the day, that the best team wins. But, you know, there's just no smoke and mirrors, which is which is good to see. It seems like we're, we may be adopting that in um, New South Wales. All right. Uh, cracking uh, Derby over in uh, Coogee. Uh, beautiful uh, day down there by the seaside. Unfortunately, the home side went down. Remick 19, Eastern Suburbs 22, in an absolute nail biter. Game sort of went tit for tat. Some fantastic tries. Really impressed with young Dowling uh, for raming at Flyhuff. He laid on a lovely, a lovely try early for Moe. Um, and then sort of Fogarty scored an awesome try from, from the Beasts with some some quick hands. It was a really healthy crowd. Everyone was getting into it. Then the stage was set for a big finale, and it didn't disappoint. Archie Gavin may be scoring one of the tries of the season there. Cash has gone through the Young, uh, young Bowen. He's gone out to our mate Luke Glenn, who's them to pieces like he has done. Um, and it's fallen back in the lap of Archie Gavin, trailing up the inside. Uh, the game wasn't without controversy. It was a disallowed trial for Rammick just prior to that, but uh, a fantastic match and uh, something uh, you know we've been talking about the last few weeks. I think those beasties are heading the right, uh, right, right way, Casho.
2: Yeah, and you could probably throw young Teddy Wilson in, 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 in into that uh into that group who uh, played a role in in, in that try. So listen, uh yeah, there's there's some good things happening at the Beasties. I, I spoke to Simon Nebone uh on uh Thursday last week and he was talking about how uh The first month of Shoot Shield has been a real real education for him and his players. He said they got a real big wake-up call from that game against Northern Suburbs and realised that they're going to have to go about things in a a slightly different way. He also stressed that uh, uh, his way of doing things was completely different to the way that they've done things at East and uh, things were slowly sort of bedding down. So I think obviously... uh, in the in the heat of the battle at uh, at Coogee Oval, obviously there, there's a lot of good things happening there, and uh, great to see Archie Gavin uh, get uh, get get the reward of a, a winning try. So uh, another reason to celebrate for uh, for the beasties.
0: Mm, I um, I have to mention that disallowed try. I thought that ball off the deck looked good, uh, Swaney. Did you did you see it, mate?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, a- and look, you know. This is the this is the beauty of club rugby. Isn't it? It is not it mm. there are we can see things that other people can't. Um, mm. Yeah, it looked it was line ball, but it looked looked good.
0: Look good. The referee was right there though. So yeah. who am I to judge? Who am I to judge? Well, that's
1: it. You know we're we're throwing we're throwing bars from the cheap seats, aren't we? Mm. <laughs> take- we need a
0: we need VAR like the Premier League. I've just been watching non-stop Premier League and just stop the game. We can all get the protractors out and. Um, see if there's a toe offside or not. But uh, anyway, yeah, it wasn't without its controversy. I think Benny McCormack, obviously after that great start against Eastwood, he, he probably won't like the position he's in, but uh, I don't think they're far away. They've been competitive in every match so far. And I think those two teams, uh, East and Ramick, are ones to watch. We've talked about this for a few years, but if you look, I think of the depth of player across the comp, it's really even. They're going to benefit um, a lot from players coming back into those sides. And I, I think... You're going to see both of them at the point the end of the season, Casho.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I, I think I think they'll be there or thereabouts in the, in that top six. And uh, we, Burjo, we spoke last week about the Dodato brothers uh, about uh, fielding a few offers a bit further north. Well, they've uh, they've thrown their lot in back at Abel. So uh, yeah, they had. Uh, they had the winger Dan uh, playing on the wing, and uh, his, his other brother, the, the back rower, playing in in reserve. So that's uh, that's going to add to the depth and uh, uh, the experience that uh, that Kneebone will will be able
0: to draw upon. Mm. Oh, well, uh, we watch their progress eagerly. Uh, Sydney University headed out to Mudgee for another regional game. One of picturesque ovals, probably one of the best ovals you could you could play at. It's absolutely magnificent. Um, set just not far off the uh, the vineyards out there, so you can have a cracking day. I'll have to hopefully uh, get a Marlins game out there soon. But uh, University 2, good on the day, thirty three to the Wildfires fourteen. Union control uh, for most of the game there, Swanee.
1: Yeah, they were, and um, you know that's probably what we expected uh, from this game. You know, Hunter are a really competitive team, aren't they? Yeah. Um, you know they they show glim- they show a lot of glimpses. I don't think the result was ever in, in doubt. Um, you know, students putting a scoring, you know, five tries, um, you know, in that win. But yeah, I, I like I like what I see from Hunter. There's there's still some great players in that back line. The the combination mm-hmm. with Nandura Talo and um Tua in the back line. Um, you know, that's that's really dangerous. Again, they were throwing punches right to the eightieth minute. That. Last passage of play in that game was just hectic, um, mm. and you know, interesting to note that there wasn't a yellow card shown in that last, with that last tackle. But um, yeah, it was a it was a good game up there in Mudgee, and yeah, I hope that everyone who went along uh, enjoyed some of the the local product. I reckon as well.
0: Yeah, plenty of good local product up there. Much of Uni's good work just comes from that uh, sentency up front. Uh, well, a lot of driving malls that just get the pack rumbling forward and the backs have got such a good platform. University scored just a couple of tries straight up the middle uh, and then they got a bit more expansive uh, towards the end. Uh, I know Belt's got, spelled, got a good, good try um, in the final stages. But uh, Uni, Casho they're starting to get towards the top of the table again.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they, they know what works and uh, they know how to do it very well. You know, The game has been fairly simple over, over the last couple of years. I, I remember speaking to you guys about uh, uh, it's probably uh, no, everyone knows how uni's going to play. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of uh, how the other teams break it down and, uh, and, and go from there. So uh, they're obviously getting into, in, in, into that role and uh, getting used to the, the week-to-week uh, competition and uh, looking, looking very good.
0: Yeah, I guess in a tight comp where there hasn't been huge influx of players yet, I think you will start to see some more uh, foreign players maybe dropping in this year. Obviously, there hasn't been much with the last couple of years of the pandemic, but you might start to see the borders opening up. Uh, I mention that because reality is university has lost a lot of their frontline players, but if you play the law of averages with a team in that program against guys as sort of week-in, week-out footballers, um, it makes it really tough. And, and they're obviously going to be right there at the pointy end. But unless, you know, sides welcome a few new recruits post-Super Rugby, um, they're going to be really hard to stop, aren't they, Swanee?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, they, they are, they're a machine. Yep. And, um, you know, we can, we can see... You can see the structure that they want to play, and it's just you're, you're absolutely right, cash Like it's breaking that down. <laughs> that's that's the hard part. That's yep. the really hard part because you, you you attack one weakness, what you thinks a weakness, and one of their other strengths shines through. Uh, so yeah, hard team to beat, uh, and they're starting to starting to find their rhythm, and that's ominous for the rest mm. of the competition.
0: Radio, uh, final game of the round was out in Kara, our other regional game. Uh, Eastwood taking the points on the bell. Uh, Eastwood thirty four, Northern Suburbs thirty three. The Shormans' first loss of the season. Cash, I hope, I hope everything's okay, mate.
2: Oh, listen, we've uh, we, we've recovered. We uh, we threw something at the telly. Wait uh, <laughs> right on uh, well, early on.
0: Uh, on a scarf? On... Was it a scarf? Yes, it was
2: actually? <laughs> It might have been a beanie as well, so uh, oh,
0: big tough man.
2: But uh, any, anyway, listen. Uh, it, it took until four minutes after full time for Ed Craig to burrow his way over. But uh, it was probably a game that uh, Norse had think to themselves. Listen, I I think we really should have closed that one out, particularly yeah. with the red card uh, late in the piece to uh, to uh, one of the Eastwood guys. So, uh, but it, it it was an interesting encounter. These games between uh, northern suburbs and Eastwood, you might have noticed over the last two or three years, have been really, really throbbing uh, encounters. You know they've, mm. uh, you know they've uh, they've, they've gone toe to toe. Extra time in that preliminary final in in Gordon's premiership year, and uh, there's the, uh, the the trial match earlier this year, seventeen fifteen to North. But uh, you you you've you've uh, if you're going to beat Eastwood. You've got to keep them from uh, from down in in, in your twenty two meter area because that's when they they seem to be a bit more effective this year in using Fabian Goodall and uh, yeah he's uh, he's he's coming to his own scored three tries uh, over the weekend and uh, overall was uh, was a real magnet for uh, for the defence but uh, Norse uh, obviously uh, just got bed just got bedded on the day down in uh, in Cowra. but. Uh, Good weekend away, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm sure they uh, they did plenty of bonding after the game.
0: Yeah, nothing in it, and um, you know I'm sure the boys from both sides would have shared a beer um, after the match. Angus Sinclair's form's really good. He, he's just involved in these scoring tries, setting them up, and they still play a really uh, good expansive style of footy, don't they, Sweeney?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, would you consider Angus Sinclair a veteran now? I probably probably would. Yep, um, yeah, I would. Yeah, he'd be a shit shield veteran and you know, the, his combination with uh, guys inside him and outside him, but particularly with Nick Duffy, like that yeah. guy is the best support player in, in the shoot shield, I reckon. For sure. Um, and is playing the house down and is probably, you know, you talk about contenders early on in the piece, guys who are standing out in catch pole reckonings, I reckon he's one of them. Um, I, I look at someone like Luke Glenn from East is probably another, but, but yeah, Angus Sinclair's up there as well, um, and you know his combination with uh, Duffy, and then with Bury and Russell on the outside. Those guys just know each other so well, um, mm. and you know, again, they couldn't get the result, couldn't close it out on the day. Um, but yeah, going going really well. But yeah, East and Eastwood, like the Woodies, um, you know, that geez, they'd be they'd be stoked with that win. Um, it's it, you know, that's a great scalp, puts them up there, just two points outside the uh, the leaders in the comp.
0: It's a big win given you roll the dice for a home game in Cowra, although I hear they thoroughly enjoy their time out there, Cashow. Uh, it's like a second home for the Woodies. Yeah, yeah, they've
2: uh, they've, they've been out there for, for a couple of years taking a game there and uh, uh, I, I noticed some of their... Uh, their patron Rob Milner was was helping out, making sure the ground had had plenty of seating available in in in, in the lead up to the game, and they obviously really embraced the place. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's it's not it wasn't too far from the Elders festival in parks, and uh, you know, it, uh, it, it 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 would have been a, a great weekend. Uh, ironically, the uh, the uh, the Sinclair family has the uh, the family farm out there, so. That's where North spent uh, most of their time. They had a, had a bit of a lunch and dinner there on uh, on uh, on on Saturday and uh, yeah, uh, Milford, after- huh? so oh, on Saturday night. So yeah, good time had by all. But uh, while we're talking about players who are uh, who are sort of emerging, you know, I've, I've, I've just got to do a bit of a shout out to a, a young guy who's come up uh, from North Colts and playing regularly in the in the back row there in the in the first grade side, Boston Carapa. Who's, mm-hmm. uh, who's, who's had a good first month of his uh, shoot shield season and obviously he's going to be tested fairly well on, on Saturday at Manly Oval against that uh, that crack outfit that uh, they've got going down there.
0: Yeah, no, all the uh, Norse backgrounds rows have good. Sort of wide-ranging, playing in those wider channels, a bit like Homopo has been the last few years. But Kara brings back uh, memories for me too. I used to be a regular player at the Cowra 10s. I remember one uh, final there against Eastern Suburbs I went to get an upper groin rubbed by the great Russ Mackey and uh, got a little bit close to the nether regions uh, and I missed the first half. But, um, <laughs> sitting on the sideline, uh, you know, hustled over, <laughs> over a big bag of ice. But um, anyway, uh, we ended up losing that game, but I, I don't think it was due to my absence in the first half. But well, beat. But uh, would we'll have come yeah. home
1: with some nice cow or lamb as well. Mate. We'll-
0: it's a yeah. cracking trip, big uh, yeah. Pub crew on the way home. Uh, they've got a couple of pubs there. One you go to, one you don't, and um, you get out of there really early in the morning. But uh, no, good fun and great to see it uh, endorse all the clubs to take games to our regions. All right, this week uh, we are into round five. University taking on the Two Blues. They'll be pumped up after their big win against the Stags. Uh, Woods are at home to Ringer. That's going to be a very interesting game. Ringer will be desperate to bounce back and Eastwood will be wanting to continue in their form. Uh, Gordon taking on Randwick, another very interesting game. Two teams desperate uh, to get back on the winner's sheet. Hunter taking on West Harbour. I guess the the Wildfires will be really aiming at that one uh, to keep them in touch uh, with the finals places. South taking on Eastern Suburbs at Foreshore. And you probably say match the round Casho Manly norse this week at Manly Oval.
2: Yeah, listen, it uh, it certainly deserves a crowd, and I think uh, I think the way that uh, that Manly are going, particularly on the on the back of the the Derby win, I think uh, I think there'll be a good crowd there.
0: Yeah, I hope so. I hope this um, this wet weather sort of uh, keeps on side, but. Um... It'll be, uh, it'll be good. And Sweeney, what's happening in uh, Super this week, mate? Plenty to, plenty to get excited about?
1: Yeah, well, the the interesting thing about how, the, how this uh, Super round was all planned out was that because the Kiwis uh, weren't able to get back quarantine and iso-quarantine straight away, they were spending a second week in Australia. So we're producing all the games in Australia again uh, on the weekend. So it's a busy weekend. We've got um, Reds and Chiefs on Friday night and then Blues also over in Perth, and then Saturday is a triple header. There's a game over in Fiji, uh, which is good. The Indraw get to play in Suva, that could be one of the highlights of the season. Oh, that'd be great! Um, and the Tars play the Crusaders Saturday afternoon, 5 p.m. Um, at Leichhardt Oval. So, um, DC
0: looks like he's desperate for a hooker. He's got Mahi Vailanu at two, and I don't think they've named the replacement. So, yeah, might see a shoot shield. Uh, Play a sub in there?
1: I couldn't agree more. I mean, who's who's someone who could pretend? I mean, Ed Craig's played Super Rugby before. Mm. Um, he's the one guy that springs to mind, but there's there might be others. But yeah, and then um, and then you've got the Rebels taking on um, Moana Pacific I believe, in Melbourne, and then the Brumbies taking on the Canes Sunday Avo. So it's a, she's a busy weekend, um, but it'll be good fun.
0: Busy weekend. Get into your super rugby. Get a look at Clubland this week. Uh, Thank you, Sweeney. Thank you, Casho. And uh, we'll talk next week.
1: See you, boys. boys.